Welcome back to Range Anxiety with that rather strange intro track there. It'll become pretty clear soon, but it was a, a, a track by the name of uh, Some People Play, performed by the one and only Leaf Dog. So if you've got a bit of range anxiety experience, you'll realise that we're going to be talking a little bit about Leafs today. Not too much. I don't want to bore you to death with the world's ugliest car. Um... It's early morning here. It's freezing cold in Adelaide. In fact, the Telstra is telling me it's four degrees C outside. And uh, yeah, I've got the climate control running. So you'll hear a bit of shh in the background from the uh, interior fan. Whew. And I'm a bit congested. And even worse, I'm actually on my own today because we've decided to give uh, Big Paul the chop. Now, I know... It's going to come as a bit of a surprise to some of you, and there'll be a bit of disappointment, you know, uh, infused with a lot of celebration, but with constant complaints from the listener base and his poor language and um, bullying, I've decided it's best that Paul stays around for as long as he wants to. See, I've got some of you going there. I can imagine old mate Craig Datsun and, and Josh Hungerford, a couple of fans of the show, would be beside themselves with the thought of Big Paul leaving uh, the building. He's not that easy to get rid of. So there you go. You get a bit of, uh, you, you'll be getting, still be getting a bit of his 30 minutes of uh, car experience over 30 years. And, you know, and my 30 minutes talked about for 30 years. That was a bit messy, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, he'll be back. But today, uh, there's a couple of things we need to discuss uh, one of them is, why does the leaf get whipped like a dog by everyone? Someone linked me. It was one of the morons, a guy that drives a, a, a Mazda 3 Black, and he thinks he's pretty cool from Book Club. He's actually the owner of the Facebook group. Linked me to a page called Shit Cars of Australia on Facebook, and there it was, a tirade about the poor little A0 Nissan Leaf. Now... I'm not one to tell you they're the best car ever made because they were a pretty early effort in EV and uh, we know they're pretty shit in a lot of ways. However, like all good internet groups made up of booger eaters and flat earthers and oyster farmers, as, as Tony Ambrosio likes to call them, they didn't let the facts get in the way of a good story. And the poor little leaf got um, a bit of a sort of shellacking that it didn't deserve. So I thought I might come on and defend it. Let's have a look at some of their points. Ugly? Uh, yes. Poorly built? No, mate. It's a Japanese-built car. There's pretty much no such thing as a mid-teens Japanese-built car that's poorly built. Unreliable? Uh, no, I did some basic stats on it, and uh, the old Leaf battery pack is, even though it's it's a shitful design, and you've got to be careful with them, I'll tell you how to make them live in a minute, so I've been trying to kill one and I can't kill it, so just do what I'm doing if you want to kill your car and it will live forever, um, it's very reliable, like, you know, they put in a special hoist for them at some Nissan dealers that's still just covered in dust, because nothing ever goes wrong with the bloody things, apart from the batteries wearing out, because some Nungs don't know how to look after them. Um, what else did they say about them? You know, drives really poorly, will tip over. No, it's got a very low centre of gravity and handles pretty well. I'm not the world's greatest Leaf fan, but what I can tell you about the Leaf is that 
for all of its engineering shortcomings, because it's a very early effort at an EV, it is a solid, solid little car. You know, who who would have thunk that Datsun know how to make a car by now? Right. So, you know, if you're driving a clapped-out AU Falcon with an Intec 6 in it, and you're sitting at the lights just going for the one that got away deep up the nasal canal because you need to snack out, and, you know, on your iPhone, you're looking at your flat-earth clock. That's a thing. It's an app you can uh, download. And you see a leaf pull up. Don't get angry. Think, hey, what I might do is I might grow up one day and I might transition to EVs because I can't, or at least get a taste for it, right, rather than your own snot. But because I can't afford a Telstra or a Pulse Dancer or, a, you know, whatever else there is on the market or a build your disaster, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a second-hand Nissan Leaf off car sales, and unfortunately they're getting dear now because of the shortage of everything. I'm going to buy a second-hand Nissan Leaf off car sales, and I'm going to just learn how to get my EV thing on, and maybe I might not look like as much of a flog in an old Leaf as I do in an AU Falcon. Hmm, yeah, that's a tough one. It's a tough one for sure. But, you know, I don't give a shit if people look at me sideways in the leaf. They obviously think I'm special. And, you know, they're prepared to cut you a bit more of a break in traffic, but say, I kind of feel sorry for you all of the way till uh, they're pulling into the survey and you're driving past still, flipping the bird out the window. Maybe they're just looking at my finger and, you know, figuring they'd rather be using that. Sorry, Mark Phillips, Mr. Phelps from PPRE for um, upsetting you with the constant booger talk. We are quite childish on this show. Uh, we feel that it's one of our strengths, particularly with Paul around. He uh, is probably one of the most childish people that I know. So look, to keep your leaf alive, one thing, charge it at home. Don't use the Chatamo fast charging port on the front of it. It's not worth it. Doesn't charge that quick anyway. Just plan your trips and charge it at home. I can get 150 to 170k out of the one I've got, and I just charge it at home. And it's got this thing on the dash. It's a battery temperature gauge. It's a stupid thing's called by convection and radiation, and you know, rather than properly with fluid. Good one, Carlos. And uh, just keep that, just keep that temperature gauge out of the hot bit, whether you're charging or whether you're flat out on the freeway or whatever. And a battery will pretty much live forever. You keep overheating it, cooking it, pushing it outside of its thermal barriers, which I've never really been able to do yet. I mean, I've never fast charged, so I don't know how hot they do get when they fast charge. But even at freeway speeds, you know, at the legal limit, 110 here in, in Australia, kilometres an hour, the thing just doesn't get hot, even on a hot day. So I don't know how people degrade them. I'd say it's just fast charging on super hot days when the battery's already hot. Just use your noggin. You know, God put that grey mush between your ears to sometimes be switched on and used. So it's pretty easy to keep a leaf alive. And, you know, in the time I've been dealing with one, the thing doesn't bloody use anything. It doesn't use... Oh, yeah, sorry, it uses windscreen washer fluid and the rear wiper blade has delaminated on it. So it makes a funny scratching sound whenever that turns on. And I simply... I just haven't forgotten... I mean, sorry, remembered to go around and do 
everything or anything about it. So a great reliable little car. If you want to start your EV journey off early, get yourself an old Leaf. Make sure you test drive it for a solid 30 minutes to make sure the battery isn't screwed in it. I mean, you'll see the range go from full to empty in that time if if it is. So make sure that, you know, it, it, it looks like in 30 minutes, if you've done 50Ks, you've still got 60% left or something. And you're on, a, you're on a winner. And the good thing is, by the time you get around to sell it, because the prices are going up on these secondhand shit boxes in, in Japan, they're expensive. In, on car sales, they've gone up five grand in the last, you know, five minutes while everyone's rushing towards this, you know, electric revolution. When you do sell it, you probably won't lose any money on it. So what a great, fun thing to do. And if it keeps your finger out of your nose, it's even better. You know, maybe do a range test and see if you can drive off the edge of the flat earth. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? And what a way to go. You know, you won't be like Starman and a Tesla going around the universe. You'll just fall off the edge, plop in your leaf. So there you go. I'm, I'm backing up the mighty little Nissan Leaf because it was a car ahead of its time. And it's still just basically kind of relevant now, providing you can get one for little dollars. So give it a shot and tell them that Marty sent you. Now on to other things. There's been a lot of excitement and stupidity in the press lately. Um, Mitsubishi saying that there's no way they're going to bring EVs to Australia because we're not ready for them. You know, we can't towing across the Nullarbor at 60 tonnes on your way to work, as we like to talk about, you know, eating some freshly shucked nose oysters, telling everyone about, you know, whatever, your range. Mitsubishi are going for that segment. They don't make very innovative cars. They don't make very uh, technical cars in any way since, uh, since the advent or the, the demise of the Lancer Evolution 10. So what they've done is they've deliberately slanted towards um, what they believe is the biggest segment of the market, the uninformed booger eater. And they came out and they said... There's no way we're going full EVs. They're not relevant. I just covered that. And, you know, Australia's not ready for it. Why move the emissions from the tailpipe to the power station, which is just such a load of shit. But again, you know, that is on page 22, paragraph subsection 1.22a of the Flat Earth Operator's Manual. So there will be a lot of people nodding their heads there going, yeah, we don't want to move the emissions to the power station. But even if you did, you know, it's not a lot better than putting it in cities and suburbs where people live. You ever thought about that? Even without the pure metrics of how pollution works. So that's okay. Mitsubishi did that. And the Outlander PEV, PH plug-in hybrid electric vehicle, seems to be an, an all right thing if you're not looking for much. Um, however, they then come out with advertising saying that they are now the superpower of EVs. Yeah, what a what? Basically, they've taken an old petrol platform with a motor up front, a front-wheel drive petrol platform, and they've slapped an electric motor in the rear of it and a battery under the trans tunnel in the floor. Not particularly innovative. And then they test drive it for a media release out in the Simpson Desert. Like, that thing, that ain't going across, well, I might go across the Simpson if you really wanted to, but why would you when you can buy, if, you know, if you're a Mitsubishi three-pointed suppository fan through and through, you can buy a Pajero for two bucks fifty and do it uh, twice as easily. So yeah, that didn't make any sense to me. But again, it's the market they're targeting. So let's have a look at the Outlander PEV 
and it's quite disappointing, in my opinion, specs. 2.4 litre petrol in the front. Now, you know I don't like hybrids because you've got the worst of both worlds. And this, the PEV Outlander proves that because nothing about it technically is worth any note, in my opinion. Again, those that farm will spend the money, I'm sure. So we've got a 2.4 litre petrol front-wheel drive SUV, jammed, tiny little weak electric motor in the back, and a 20 kilowatt hour battery under the floor to add up to something that weighs 2.1 tonnes that you're pulling the whole time. Now, what Mitsubishi say is that most of the PEV users um, will drive around town on electric, and then when they go across the Simpson and tow across the Nullarbor, they'll use the mighty, like, you know, three-horsepower uh, petrol 2.4 Myvec to do all the hard yards. And that sounds like quite a good idea. But it's all just a bit weak. Um, the 20 kilowatt battery they're saying will give up to 84 kilometres range, which is more than enough for driving around the city. Well, it's kind of not because a rated 84 or an EPA 84 turns out to be about 45 to 50, depending on temperature conditions, depending on how many poo scoopers you got on the roof, how many people you got in the car, and whether you're going up any hills. So you're going to struggle to do a daily in it if you drive, you know, well, if you drive across another border work, like most Rossies obviously seemingly do, it ain't going to cut it at all. You might be able to limp it around town quite slowly and run it on electricity to make, you know, you feel that you're good. But anytime you put your foot down, it's going to want to uh, kick that petrol motor in and give you the big Myvec grunt. So, yeah, that's a little bit concerning. And then there's... Uh, Oh, I got so excited with that that I just forgot where I was with the Pehev. Um, then there's their big carry-on, which is about, and when you get home, oh, sorry, charging. Off a 10 amp, they're saying it's going to, you know, your normal wall plug at home, they reckon it's going to take uh, nine and a half hours to charge a battery. What is it, a fucking trickle charge or something? Like, what? How can it be that slow? For a 20 kilowatt pack. Anyway, apparently that's what it is. Okay, maybe I've done, I haven't done my sums right here, but I, I, by golly, by gosh, I can half charge a 50 kilowatt Tesla pretty easily in uh, 8.5 to 9.5 hours. I don't know what they're doing, but anyway, that's what it is. So you get to leave it plugged in all night at home. What if I live in an apartment and I need a long extension cord? Well, sucked in to be you, I suppose. Um, you leave it plugged in all night to use and hope that the petrol engine doesn't kick in it's just it's just not quite there yet you know the 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 oyster farmers will say evs aren't quite there yet but you can still do 450 k's between charges run a whole week you know all good whereas this thing is got too little of too much uh, the pehev it didn't need any of that it didn't need any of the you know, it didn't need the motor up front. That's exactly what it didn't need. It needed like an 80 kilowatt pack and dual electric motors and it would have been a bloody cool car. I mean, you know, Mitsubishi is still known for using wheel weights, hammer-on ones on the outside of their wheels. I mean, my Evo 10s, both of the new ones I owned, came like that from the factory, you know, in 2009. And I was like, hopefully you'll like that, Mum. I got that right. And I was horrified at the time. But that's, you know, Mitsubishi are old thinking. And, you know, they've got a conservative market. And they've got a market with as we've discussed, very special tastes. 
And then they tell you with this little battery, while you're charging at home for nine and a half hours every night, to plug it in to run your house. How does that work? Uh, so charge it off your solar during the day when you're not at work, because you work from home maybe, and then discharge it into the house at night. And that's cool, you know, that's, they reckon you've got several days at, you know, a usable 18 or 17 kilowatt hours, several days of power, providing you've got one LED globe in your house and no fridges and don't turn anything on, you might have, otherwise you might have about 10, 12 hours if you use power like we do. And then there's, you know, the constant cycles that you're putting the battery through. I mean, they've warranted this thing for 10 years. I don't even know. I think it's, it couldn't, surely it couldn't be a Toyota and have a nickel metal hydride pack. Surely it's a lithium ion pack. But then you're fl filling it up, flattening it, filling it up, flattening it, filling it up, flattening it. Is there anything worse for a battery than doing that? And I will tell you, no. And they put a 10 sort of year guarantee on it i know i haven't read the fine print about the battery but the moment you go vehicle to grid or vehicle to load you are executing the thing and if you don't believe me sit back watch and wait you know the leaders in all of this stuff tesla don't let you do it they say if you want a battery at home don't thrash your car don't have your car the equivalent of sitting in your garage idling at 5000 rpm all night or idling revving stationary at 5000 rpm all night buy a proper bloody house battery and preserve that and preserve your vehicle. Use your noggin. But it's not a great sales point, isn't it? I want vehicle to grid or vehicle to load. I want to be able to charge other cars off my car. Not when you've got a 20 kilowatt hour battery pack, you don't. You want to run and you want to bloody hide because you preserve that thing like it's pure electron gold. Now, speaking of gold and booger eaters... This weekend, we're going to do a special Epicast because I have eight Ningnongs from Book Club coming over here to visit me uh, and be part of the Range Anxiety team. Now, I don't know if we're actually going to get to record because they're fairly screw loose, a lot of them, and apparently there's a boxing match to start it, and we've got like 16-ounce gloves, and I've got to give little Tuffy a bit of a whacking, a bit of a slapping. He's all right, though. He's up for it. He's used to it. Um, easy cage fighter, UFC fighter. Just ask him. Most three-foot-six people are. And they're all coming over. They're bringing uh, the thing with the door gaps so I can park my Tesla in it. The AMG, sorry. Jeez, I'll give you a bit of credit there. It's like saying you're a cage fighter, isn't it, Tuff? Um the E400, and a uh, Land Cruiser, the king of the road, an LC200, for me to tune. So I've, I've you know, all shit aside, I, I want to probably try and make this a bit of a memorable experience for them because they're from Melbourne, and that's a pretty sad and sorry place. I mean, yes, they can spend money with the right influences to make sure that they're rated as the best economy on the planet, but we all know that's not true. All you got to do is go there. And uh, these boys are coming over, and I've got to make it special for them. All eight of them. So, yeah, we're putting on a bit of a shindig on the weekend. We're doing a tour of uh, my business partner, not my partner, business partner, John Munro and Daniel Munro's 40-odd car collection or whatever it is. And we're going to go through them because they love cars. And while I'm sitting there wishing I was indeed somewhere else, uh, they'll be sitting there going, cool, have a look at the, you know, chronic fragribulator 
exhaust system on this thing, and I'll be going, oh, shit. And then we're going to have, because these guys have very strong opinions of EVs without ever having been in one. I think Tony Ambrosio went and sat in one and bludged a free coffee at uh, Tesla in Brighton in Victoria, but then at the thought of a test drive, actually chickened out, got scared, said, I didn't like the interior, and left after his free coffee. But this weekend, I'm going to make these guys actually drive the cars. We've got a big private test track, so we might do, you know, a bit of side-by-side performance with against the E400. I mean, the Land Cruiser will be pretty safe, I think. You know, that's not designed to be a race car. But if you ask Jeremy, uh, the E400 is, is basically Lewis Hamilton's own. So we'll line them up and... I'll have the Model 3 performance, and we'll get the big big banger, the Raven out, and we might, you know, we'll do all those old Telstra tricks we do to people where we're driving along saying nothing, and because there's no sound, whack, you know, and see if we can't put a few necks out. It's always good when you put a few necks out. But I think they're going to have a good time, and I think it's going to be interesting to see their opinions um, of electric cars when they come back to reality, once I've kind of finished with them. So, yeah, that's, that's going to be fun. And, and, you know, as a... As a side note, afterwards, you know, while they're licking their wounds, wondering why they own such shit petrol-powered, you know, ice shit boxes, um, I'm going to take them to the National Motor Museum, which is the highlight, you would think, of any trip to Adelaide, because, you know, they've got some Holden display up there and all of the, you know, great old cars like that that really cool-looking Tirana, what was it, the, uh, the X, whatever it is, GDX or something, that... It was never made, looked like a spaceship, where Holden really could have made a difference. I mean, it was probably a bit shit that it had a 186 under the bonnet, because let's face it, anything with a 186 under the bonnet was generally pretty shit. But they're going to enjoy that bit of a Holden tour. And more to the point, I'm going to introduce them to some of South Australia's best um, windy roads, because you don't have to drive for three hours in Adelaide to get to some of the best driving roads in Australia. I think probably only Tasmania, from what I've heard, not from my experience, would have better driving roads uh, than we have here in Adelaide. So, yeah, I think the guys are really going to enjoy themselves. But more to the point, I'm going to enjoy their comments. You know what I mean? When I've finished with them. And they'll be like old keyboard warriors. At the time, they'll be like, oh, shit, this thing's fast. This thing's awesome. I could see myself in one of those. Oh, yeah, I like that. Wow, that's wild, Martin. Shit, you were right. And as soon as they get home behind their keyboard, that was fucking shit. Oh, hang on, I picked a winner. You know, so overall, it is going to be exciting. It's going to be good to catch up with the guys again. I'm going to, and girls, and I'm going to try and get them onto an epicast so you can hear exactly what I've been putting up with for the last, you know, XYZ number of years. And we're all around the 50 years of age now, so we're all going to be responsible and we all want to take care, and we're all going to drive very carefully. So with that, this early morning, probably horrible sounding, range anxiety, I'm going to sign off and prepare for the weekend. So goodbye, babe.